The following podcast is intended as a celebration of written fiction. Good, bad, and everything in between. We are not literary experts, and nothing we say should be considered as advice or popular opinion. There is no malicious intent, and stories have been supplied voluntarily by their owners. Story quality not guaranteed. Welcome to the Bard Room. Okay, so, welcome back, dear listeners. We are in chapter three, part, I'm not really sure, of the carnival. I will be narrating this once again, because this is a story I wrote, and therefore I need to claim responsibility for it. I am joined by, tonight, Riley, Charlie, and Gavin. Let's get this show on the road. They left... With the rising of the sun. They being the demon-hooded things. The souls, be them damned or demon spawn. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They left with the rising of the sun, and Mina wondered, as she drifted finally into a restless sleep, could they not be out in the sun's rays? Or was it merely their way of taunting, a promise of their return the next night, and to bring more along the way? It could only have been a couple of hours when there was a knock on the door that woke Mina up from her nap. She sat up, pushing the blankets off in the process. However, before she could get up, the door was pushed open. In stumbled her father, looking worse for wear, a sign that he too had had a restless night. Didn't get any sleep last night, he grumbled as he started looking through the cupboard that made up her kitchen stock. And worse off, I need coffee. He quickly gave up his search, choosing instead to light a cigarette. Quit that, Mina snapped as she jumped from bed, grabbing the cigarette from his hand. What do you think you'll do? Kill me? <laughs> what do you think you'll do? Kill me? <laughs> he laughed dryly. That was my dry laugh. Did you say dryly or Riley? Because I heard Riley. Dryly. dryly. He laughed dryly. Mina sighed as she grabbed the pack of coffee from the cupboard and started to fill an electric coffee pot. No, you'll stink up the place. I don't need my customers getting stick. Getting stick? <laughs> getting sick. Get that stick. I don't need my customers getting sick. Mina turned and finally got a good look at her father since he had come through the door. Arthur Rothchester sat in a chair next to a small table that made up the living, dining, entertainment area of her space. Living, dining, entertainment area. Haven't we all lived like that, though? College? Mm. I mean... She's got a, It's a small area to work with. Mina lives in a tiny bus house! Yeah. But but this is before tiny houses were a thing, so... I was ahead of the curve. Trending. Curve. I was ahead of the curve. Dressed in blue jeans and a warm flannel, several days past due, he was far from the rich manner of his youth. Hair speckled with gray and a stubble... And stubble collecting on his chin... He wore the expression of a man several decades his senior, who has outlived his friends and his prime. I'm glad we have absolutely no indicator of how old this gentleman is. Old enough to outlive all of his friends and his prime. You know, a questioning of age is kind of a thing in this thing, though, right? You don't really know how old anyone is, and maybe you'll never know. 
I need help with the table gears. They are sticking again. Mia said as looks through the small fridge for something to eat. <laughs> All right. Great. Look through the small fridge. Seeing nothing, she stepped into her bathroom to quickly change into jeans and a tank top. Her long ash blonde hair pulled into a quick bun. So, sassy bun. Just a quick bun, no. not sassy bun. No, it's an ashy bun. This would have been before sassy <laughs> buns were a thing. <sighs> I'm sorry, that was good. You know how the mechanics work better than I. Do the work yourself, you spoiled child. Arthur clicked through his teeth as she re-entered the room. She's spoiled? Wait, hold up. What part of her screams spoiled child? She makes her own damn money. Yeah. I think it's just because he's the father and he's past his prime. Rah, 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 I'm old dad. Just being crotchety. Yeah, crotchety and old. <laughs> I'm heading to town today to get some supplies we need. Consider this your payment for the coffee. She said as she poured a cup and set it down in front of him. Arthur glanced over the newspaper in front of him as she pulled on her shoes. Where did the newspaper come from? <laughs> it's on the table. Okay. It's a living dining entertainment area. <laughs> Anything could be there. Even a newspaper. <laughs> Fine. But give me some smokes while you're out. She rolled her eyes as she left the bus. The carnival was abuzz with pre-opening activity. With the sickly sweet smell of cotton candy and caramel corn filling the air. Mina wandered around the familiar setup, saying hello to the people, setting up stalls, and checking through the ride safety measures. Through this walkabout, she ended up at the stall of Charlotte. She was one of the longer-running members of the carnival crew, joining the at the young age of 16. Now in her early 60s, she had aged gracefully into her 60s flower child persona, complete with the long gray hair in a braid down her back. She's 60 and is a 60s flower child persona. She had she had aged gracefully into her 60s flower child persona. I think this is a long-winded way to say she's a hippie. An old hippie. An old hippie. Not even that old, really. An old gray hippie. So, I have to ask, is Madame Mina the one who runs the carnival or owns the carnival? We don't know. We don't know. It's kind of been uh, nudged at, though, I guess. Yeah, well, with this, I think that's what we're... Hinting at? Hints. There's very big hints in this. There's not a lot of expanded upon notions. <laughs> Mina, darling, you look so tired. How did you sleep? Mina smiled. Within the last few years, Charlotte had been taking on a more motherly, concerned tone when speaking to her. Charlotte was, after all, entering a new stage of life. And while Mina would always see her as a 16-year-old girl full of wonder... Oh, she did challenge this new notion? What? I'm confused. <laughs> oh, she didn't. Okay, she didn't challenge this new notion. Okay. I have slept better, Mina confessed, as she looked through the wares before her. But the real reason I came here is that my wardrobe has been lacking. I was wondering if you had anything new to sell me. Charlotte laughed, as Mina shifted through hemp jewelry and other handmade items. She found what she was looking for in the clothing rack, a long white maxi dress. What? what? A long white maxi dress out of the hippie's closet. What's a maxi dress? Very long dress. Goes to the floor. Okay. Char, how much for this? She questioned, holding up the dress. Fifteen dollars. The woman replied as she adjusted the jewelry on the table. Keep the change, Mina said as she handed her twenty-five. Handed her twenty-five dollars. Why would you just give her a twenty when you can give her twenty-five? Yeah, it's weird. Okay. It's nice, though. Mm. Polite. 
maybe Madame Mina, or actually she goes by Mina right now, so maybe Mina thought that Charlotte gave her a reduced price, so she's giving her more money. I don't know. Mm. I don't remember what I was thinking when I wrote it. I just wrote it. Yeah, because I was going to say, all the dresses I've seen at, like, fairs and stuff, it's like 60 bucks. True, but this is just a plain white one. Keep the change, Mina said as she handed her $25. Doll, don't go spend an extra on me, Charlotte replied as Mina continued to press the money into her hand. Hey, just think of it as my stimulus package, my way of spreading the wealth around. That sounds very Obama-inspired. Like <laughs> This would have been before our... Uh, no, it no. would have been during, oh, during right. that time. So yeah. Been yeah. Nice. Subtle hint. You know, press that stimulus package into people's hands. And pass it around town. The strong man, John, was seen walking up to the stall, balding head glinting in the sun. Miss Mina, how are you doing this fine Sunday morning? John asked as he stopped in front of the stall. Fine enough. Do you know where we are going next? Around 500 miles up north. Greenville or Fairville, something like that. Normal pack-up time. A short, awkward pause followed this. Charlotte coughed, breaking up the silence. (laughs) Do you need any help packing? John continued. No, I'm packed up for the most part, but I think that Charlotte could use some help. Mina replied as she folded her new dress over her arm and put it into her bag. An elderly lady such as myself will take the offer. See you in a few hours, Charlotte replied as Mina headed off to town. So, hold up. Did she just, like, offer slash demand that this man help? Maybe she's like, ooh, you're old, you're bald, she's got gray hair. Maybe some magic can happen. Mina's playing matchmaker. Soon Mina found herself walking along Main Street of this not-new, but not-old town. (laughs) Her visit to the hardware store was decent enough, with the eluding parts easy to find though the explanation of what those parts were used for from the shop clerk could have been avoided. Don't mansplain my gears to me. She passed by a coffee shop and had to try the world's best chocolate scones, which were, to her delight, not too bad. That's nice. So, once again, we're just following Mina around on her day. She stood at this downtown square and surveyed her surroundings. It was, in a way, quaint and her thoughts traveled to past summer days in the countryside. Mina shook her mind free of such thoughts as she did, so her eyes settled on an old bookstore. It would be a place of mental solitude to relax for a moment. At least, that's what she thought. Oh no. For it was here, among the shelves of books, that she felt it. The presence of death. Aw, so sweet, you got me a gift. (laughs) It's not like it's portrayed in the movies. None of this suddenly seeing your breath or ghostly apparitions. No, it feels as though there is a shift of focus, as though everything slides to the left just a bit. Slide to the right. Cha-cha, real slow. Trademark. I know. This is hashtag deep. (laughs) Hashtag deep. Okay, so I'm going to start from the beginning. For it was here, among the shelves of books, that she felt it. The presence of death. Death is a pufferfish. Why is it on land? I don't know. Blute, blute, motherfucker. Blute, blute, motherfucker. (sighs) The things that come out of your mouth sometimes, I just, I don't know. It's not like it's portrayed in the movies. None of this suddenly seeing your breath or ghostly apparitions. 
No, it feels as though there is a shift of focus, as though everything slides to the left just a bit, a slight prickle at the tips of your toes, and then the world moves forward, unaware of the being casually moving along in the space between. That was a whole lot of nothing. Mina looked around her surroundings, trying to focus on who was in the room. There were around five people in the shop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that narrows it down. I like how she's always focusing on her surroundings. I feel like every other page we got focus. There were around five people in the shop, including the old man behind the counter. She knew what was about to happen, and yet the oblivious owner stood smiling and talking to a customer. Oh, excuse me. Someone going to die. She turned back to the book in hand. Suddenly, there was the unmistakable thud of a human body hitting the floor. Somebody! Call 911! Yelled an old voice. She once again turned to the scene in front of her and saw that it was not the old owner on the floor, but in fact his younger employee convulsing on the floor. Wrong guess. She mused to herself as the store rushed around her. <laughs> What's funny is this is basically be how my thought would be if, if I were on casual terms with death. Hmm, maybe that one. Oh, mm. that was wrong. Wrong guess. She mused to herself as the store rushed around him trying to help. She quietly left the scene hoping to avoid any questions. If she would have known then what this scene meant, maybe she would have paid closer attention. Again, insert dun dun dun. <laughs> So now we have to care about this random shop dude, and we have to care about him until something happens. Hey, just remember he was convulsing. Just don't want to have to think about it while I'm trying to juggle everything else that Mina's buying. That is the end of chapter three. <laughs> Do you wish to continue? Yeah, let's let's keep okay. going. Chapter four. <laughs> the walk back to the carnival was remarkably uneventful. With the summer sun lazily hanging in the summer sky. <laughs> Alright. That's not the end of the sentence. Oh. <laughs> no. It gets better. <laughs> With the summer sun lazily hanging in the summer sky, Mina now had to contend with the plethora of people swarming the fairgrounds. Oh darn, my income. The familiar tone of hundreds of people in cheerful enjoyment, the white noise that guided her through the carnival as she approached the beast. Sitting perfectly still, a paint-chipped monument to her craft, she really looked at the beast. When was the last time she had really looked at it? Her memory harked back to the vibrancy of the paint shop so long ago. The purple lettering carefully hand-painted on, Madame Mina's all-seeing eye. Only one? You only need one. Duly noted. The name's a bit hokey, isn't it? Mina turned with a start but that familiar voice was already gone, replaced by the thriving carnival around her. She walked the rest of the way to the bus, the faded letters seeming more haunting than before. Sighing, she entered the bus. Everything's just so haunting around her. Such a bore. She is so numb to anything happening around her. It's making her kind of a flat character. Is that why the like descriptions are just so like plain? Because we're supposed to view things through oatmeal Nina's eyes. Does that mean she's aware of all these extended plots, but she just doesn't care enough to pursue them? Perhaps. I mean, we don't know how old she is, so... And don't you mean oatmeal's eyes? <laughs> the bus lay in a state of disarray, not too unexpected whenever her dad worked on anything. Traveling to the reading room, she studied what was left to do. 
okay. studied what was left to do. The small table had been pushed to the side, revealing the open hatch where the motorized compartment was held. With the offending piece removed, it was simply a matter of placing... <laughs> the offending piece. I always love that kind of phrasing. <laughs> With the offending piece removed, it was simply a matter of placing the replacement... <laughs> wow. <laughs> placing the replacement and screwing it into place. You know, like, <laughs> what happens when things go bad and they need replacing. Obviously, younger Shiloh didn't feel like researching motor parts. <laughs> then why include them at all? Because as far as I can tell, they don't do anything if Mina is as psychic as she thinks she is. Or maybe it's playing off the fact that she's not as psychic or powerful as she says she is, but just really old. Oatmeal. If she's even that old. Uh, Oatmeal old. Uh, they, they also say to write what you know, so what did what did small Shiloh know about carnivals and mysticism? A absolutely nothing. Shiloh was not writing what she knew. And it shows. With the offending piece removed, it was simply a matter of placing the replacement and screwing it into place, which she did with relative ease, pushing the table back into its place on the floor. Suddenly, there was a rush of someone running through the back door and stumbling into her in the process. Mina slid over the table, landing in an undignified heap on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> undignified. I just love the the thought of undignified heap. I mean, what heap doesn't look unkept or like... Well, well, see, her ankles became exposed. <sighs> oh. Shit. The fuck are you? <laughs> the fuck are you? Yeah. The fuck are you? She half yelled as she pushed herself up, mentally cursing her father for whatever possessed him to unlock that door. Can we can we give it give her a different accent, like a Brooklyn accent for that bit? The fuck are you? The, the fuck, fuck are, are you? you? The fuck are you? That's as close as I get. I apologize yes. for our shitty accents. Mm -hmm. They're going to happen. So, we can't stop them. I'm, there's a commotion thing coming on, so... The fuck are you? She half yelled as she pushed herself up, mentally cursing her father for whatever possessed him to unlock that door. Sorry, I didn't... A commotion of presumably drunk people could be heard outside. Pick the wrong fight, Mina said before there was time for him to answer. A loud pounding on the door began. Go through here, Mina ordered as she pushed the stranger through a curtain, and with that she turned to the pounding at the door. This was definitely turning into a strange day. Okay, yeah, alright. <laughs> you know, someone just died in front of me, but like, this, this is the weird part. This is very nonchalant. <laughs> Undignified heaps are strange. Opening the door revealed a group of three men. One seemed to have a dark beer stain on his shirt. What brings you pounding on Madamina's door? <laughs> Still in third person. <laughs> she said with as much enthusiasm as a cashier at the end of their eight-hour shift. Oh. What brings you pounding on Madam? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've worked service jobs, yeah. so... <sighs> what brings you pounding on Madamina's door? She said with as much enthusiasm as a cashier at the end of their eight-hour shift. Really looking for a guy who spilled beer on me. The obvious leader. Oh, is that presumably drunk? I'm gonna go with that. <sighs> the obvious leader of the group started. That's not really what you're looking for, is it? She looked down. 
She looked down at her exposed ankle. <laughs> she looked down at them. She looked down at them with a piercing stare. The leader uncomfortably shuffled in place. I'm not into this woo ghost stuff. I'm just looking for the prick. He finally replied. Oh, he's looking for prick. For the prick. Oh. So, I'm not into this woo-go stuff. I'm just looking for the prick, he finally replied. That person isn't here. No, the only thing you'll find here is an unsatisfying answer to your longing. <laughs> Mina said as she placed a pair of glasses on her face. The seeing glasses. Do any of you want to face that head on? To see where your life is going to lead? Let's get out of here, one of the group said to the leader. She's just a creepy girl. <laughs> and they left with a huff. That seems to have worked out for everyone. When you wrote this, it's like, let's have a check mark of like all the stereotypes that can fit into this. Drunk dudes, check. Death, check. Weird, dusty bookstore, check. Purses. Purses, Dude, check. Seriously, where chocolate scones? I think check. we've I think we've lost view of the, of, of purses. Like we haven't <laughs> talked about them. Oh, where? there was a purse. There was a purse this this chapter. Where she shoved her her maxi dress into her purse. The foolish uh, handbag society continues. But they didn't describe the purse. <laughs> no, they or give it a name. Mina turned, closing the door, giving the lock a definitive turn. A rustling of fabric was heard as the stranger once again re-entered the reading room. He sighed, running his fingers through his hair before speaking. Thanks for that. He started, looking around the room. You must work for the psychic. Ooh. I am the psychic. She said, putting her glasses in a small wooden case. That is, when I want to be. Were those people friends of yours, or was it merely a crossing of fates? Oh, God. <laughs> How psychics flirt 101. If she's a psychic, why is she asking? She's always asking. She started to tug at the curtain walls, revealing what the walls behind looked like. It was almost a man behind the curtain way. I never met them before. I was just passing through when the guy ran into me, the stranger replied. You from around here? Mina had gotten the curtain wall taken care of, revealing what looked like a daybed next to the wall under the tinted Whoa. windows of the fence. Alright. Okay. That is really moving fast. How psychic flirt 101. I knew it. Are you psychic? The love interest ah. has entered. Madame Gavin, tell us the future. I see many a lay in the future. I'm scooting over. Away from you. Mina had gotten the curtain wall taken care of, revealing what looked like a daybed next to the wall under the tinted window of the bus. She turned to the other curtained wall. And yes, I am ignoring the fact that you said off instead of off. Uh, it's spelled off. Yeah, taken so care, care off. off. Yeah. There's so many curtained walls, I don't know what direction <laughs> she's facing. I'm so confused. No, just passing through, the stranger replied. Ah, Going any place in particular? <laughs> I don't know. That bed looks mighty enticing. <laughs> Mina continued as she revealed a second bed. <laughs> oh, hold on! You just got friends over. <laughs> They're keeping this nice and clean. Okay. PG. <laughs> <laughs> Mina continued as she revealed a second bed on the other side. Tinted light now filled and opened up the space. Tinted light. Filled the... and opened up the space. Uh, tinted windows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The color is the tint. 
black is her soul? She didn't write, so I am unable to answer that question. No, just traveling, he replied, watching the carnival scene outside the window, seeing his would-be trackers wind their way through the emptying crowd. In that case, you're welcome to join our ragtag assortment up north. I hear it's nice this time of year, Nina said, finally looking over the man in front of her. Oh, so she didn't even look at him like, she's just like, here's a bed, travel with us. Oh, I'm gonna inspect you now. Is this just, I don't think this is how most people join the carnival. Or maybe this is how most people join the carnival. <laughs> they have a lay with Madame Mina, and then they're part of the carnival? <laughs> is that how you join? Then how did your father join? Oh. Is it weird? He had a lay with Madame Mina's mother. Madame Mina's mother started the carnival. Oh maybe. my god, I figured it out. Mina said, finally looking over the man in front of her. He was younger, around early 20s. Brown hair obviously being a few days since he last shaved. Black shirt with a plaid shirt over that and blue jeans. He probably hadn't been traveling for very long. Traveling? Hmm? Traveling? Oh, sorry, traveling. You're not worried I'm some thief or axe murderer? He asked as Mina started walking towards the front of the bus. Nah, I've dealt with worse. What's your name? Mina <laughs> called back. <laughs> Tough girl Mina has dealt uh, with worse. Probably cannibals and... Or death? De yeah, death himself. Okay. What's your name? Mina called back. Charles. Hey! That's mine! I mean, it's not mine. That's too close to my name. Sorry, I can't change it. It was written that way. That is the end of chapter four. Chapter five. Who is that? <laughs> Who be you? Who is that? Arthur questioned as he entered the bus. The beast, actually. So, Arthur questioned as he entered the beast, pointing to the back as he spoke. The carnival around them had been transformed into it roaming carnival state. So, I think it was its. So, the carnival around them had been transformed into its roaming carnival state. Its roaming caravan state. Roman, it roaming caravan state. Well, yeah. And Mina, sitting in the driver's seat, was waiting for the line to start moving. Come on! <laughs> Some of us have places to go. And things to see in the future. Picked up a hitchhiker. His name is Charles. Ready to hit the road? Mina said, looking over her shoulder. Picked up another one? Thanks for asking. And get out of that seat. You know very well I drive, Arthur barked. Which I should do, because I'm a man. You don't get a vote, Mina answered, hopping out of the driver's seat. There was a knock at the door. It was John. Mind if I join you guys on the trip up? John asked as he entered the bus. Still fighting with Margie? Mina asked as she made sure the cupboard was locked in place. Yes, he sheepishly replied. Mina figured that was the reason he had offered to help pack up that day. Marge is getting clingy. Been slinging the M word around, leaving hints about settling down. Are you kicking me out? John asked, already sitting in one of the chairs. No, but you're going to have to have a talk with Marge sooner rather than later, or else you'll be sleeping on the floor here and I'll have an angry knife thrower thinking I'm hiding her man. Mina sighed and sat down as the beast roared to life. Aw, strong man isn't so strong. He's not emotionally strong. Mm. Knife thrower, that would be a bad person to piss off, though. Yeah. be fair. The caravan left in a slow, silent line leaving behind bits of streamers and cotton candy sticks in their wake. However, 
Once they hit the open road, they started making good time. It was late at night, with John and Charles drifting off in the back, when Arthur started talking. You know, I don't approve of this taking in the downtrodden stick you have, Arthur grumbled as he lit a cigarette, barely paying attention to the road ahead. That's dangerous. Would you have rather I left you in the pit of despair you had tossed yourself into? Mina snapped. I don't need your approval on how to run things. Someone's filled with sass. <laughs> that ashy bun. We'll be found out eventually. It always happens. And maybe then this? He gestured around to nothing in particular. This will be finished. I wasn't the one who chose this life. Mina stated definitively. <laughs> and I wish I hadn't. Arthur sighed, eyes glued to the road ahead. Chapter 6. This one has an author's note. Oh, oh shit. No. Months passed, and the group of them fell into a routine. Charles helped set up and tear down. John got back together with Marge, maybe. Arthur drank himself into a stupor more times than not. Mina found herself enjoying the simple day-to-day -day experience of life. Chess started to be shorter, less frequent, question mark. Chess? With Damon. Damon. Relationship between Charles and Mina grows. Who would have thought? I mean, she basically invited him to bed day one. She just wanted someone, anyone. This looks like it was supposed to have something before it, or after it, or we don't know. But this is how the sentence goes, so I will read it justly. <laughs> this day was no exception. The weather growing closer to fall. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> that physically hurts. The carnival was wrapped in the sweet smell of candy apples, and the night fell quickly. Mina, as always, returned to her spot on the top of the bus. She sat down on the roof wrapped in a blanket. Perhaps she was a little early for their interlude. Her eyes fell heavy, and she quickly drifted. To... Okay. Is she swaying? Mm-mm. Did the room tilt a little bit? Perhaps. I will say that uh, I don't know how to read italics, so everything is in the slanty-do font. Italicized. Italicized. Oh, so it did tilt. Yeah, so everything is italicized. There Damon stood, as always, and Mina quickly raced to meet him. No, something was not right. The air here was too quiet, too stiff. Are you I'm, okay? I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to understand what that means. We're all processing. I think it means that she's dreaming. I got that much, okay. but too stiff. The air's too stiff. I mean, I can get that, you know, like when it's really cold and your nose hairs freeze? Or like all the wind stops and it's too quiet. I don't know. I like mine better. Yeah, yours is better. You have been avoiding my questions for months, Damon smiled. Forget the game. Why do you stay here? It's just a couple of days. We'll be moving to a warm climate soon. Mina, unsure in her reply. No, why do you stay here with the stray? Damon said. And for the first time, Mina clearly saw his face was wild with anger? Possession? Fear? She wasn't sure. Jealousy? <clears throat> no, I... Mina trailed off. Had something been transpiring between her and Charles? No, he was just another add to the family. And yet, she knew. Even if it was only a spark... A moment of hesitation. There was something there. A bed <laughs> beyond a curtain. A well-hung curtain. Even if she wouldn't admit it to herself. You've fallen for him. Damon laughed a laugh. 
<laughs> laugh to laugh. Ha! As opposed to what, exactly? Damon laughed a laugh that she felt in her bones. What does he provide you? His life is sealed. You know this as well as I. He will die, and you will remain here. And his stone voice boomed, and anger swelled. Mina stepped back, afraid. For the first time. Damon saw this, and it was like watching an emotional sink drain. (laughs) This is a really bad metaphor. Damon saw this, and it was like watching an emotional sink drain, pull back his rage into his normal composition. He slowly walked, closing the gap between them. Reaching, he put his cold hands on her shoulders and pulled her in tightly. Does he truly care for you? He said in a hushed tone only loud enough for her to hear. Who else is around? This is turning into a really creepy uh, jealousy thing. I mean, he did offer for her to go away with him that one night, and the offer was open. Mina woke with a start quickly raising from her blanket, sweat beating on her forehead and the back of her neck. She had never had a vivid dream like this. Her eyes darted around the bus top, looking for him, hoping to see him in his usual chair, but he was not there. No. Instead, she saw them. They did not slowly or silently appear as their usual custom. No, they hurled themselves from the void, with snarling teeth crashing into one another as they went the damned. It seemed their coffin of death had finally tipped, cascading them onto this plane, with the target of their hatred being her. Mina threw herself back into the bus, tumbling to the floor. Her father was nowhere to be seen. Charles, however, was sleeping in the back. She looked out the window to see the damned swarming forward, breaking the line and heading straight for the bus. Breaking the line? What line? The the boundary, remember? She looked out the window to see the damned swarming forward, breaking the line and heading straight for the bus. She ran to the back room, looking for something to push the crowd back. The back door popped open, funneling in the dark, looming shapes. Mina's fish. (laughs) That was my bad. Mina's fish. (laughs) She's looking for something to push them back, so she grabs a giant fish. Hope you like seafood, damned. Bats them with seafood. I'm sorry. Mina's fist went crashing down on the table, shaking the bus and causing the door to crash closed, barring more from entering. However, that didn't end the fact that the room was still full of them. They were closing in on her. This was the first time she really had a close look at them. It was as if they were living shadows with no semblance of gender or individuality. Their head split wide with a giant mouth filled with rows of teeth. Rose or r- rose? Or like rose. rose. Like, I thought I heard you say rose and I was like, flowers. So I'm just imagining them, their like, head tilting back on a hinge mm. and now it's just filled with like sharp teeth. That'd oh, be like, creepy. Like, like the tooth yeah. fairy things from Hellboy? Ooh. Yeah. You have no place here. Be gone! She yelled, trying to spur on a response that seemed to still them for a moment. But it was only to have one of them step forward. You have no power here. Madam Mina. We tire of This be... sounds very much like Harry Potter speaking the snake language. It's gonna have to be, you know, yep. audible. Okay. We tire of your ungrateful and endless parade of childish human life. <laughs> How dare you live? It started. 
What makes a child like you deserve such a gift? Its movements were echoed by a dry sound of clicking bones, more solid than its form would suggest. We've come to take it back, piece by piece. Suddenly, the lights in the bus went out, replaced by the glow of a candle. You dare to confuse my youthful appearance with youthful ignorance. She commanded. The room rocked. I have watched generations born and die, and when you enter my ground, you will respect my authority. Apparently your father's also lived for a while. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to why he drinks so much. What are you going to do? Kill me. <laughs> okay, that line now makes more sense. It was now, of all times, Charles began to stir. The souls who had ignored his human presence until then took notice. He woke up, and as his eyes adjusted to the light and the scene of horror around him, he did what any normal human would do. Scream. Charles screamed. This was all the distraction that Mina needed. Good thing she's got some bait. <laughs> Cover your eyes! She yelled as she ripped off the flat stone necklace from around her neck. Charles buried his head beneath a pillow just as the stone hit the table, the necklace shuddering in the process. The room was bathed in an unearthly light. The souls surrounding the two screamed in agony as they seemed to vaporize in the spots they stood. Mina rushed to the window, seeing that those surrounding the bus turn and run from the spot, slipping back into the cracks they came from. Much crack. That sentence was very wet. Of course, this would not hold them back for long. They had solidified to the point of humans seeing them. She would have to act soon. And with Damon nowhere in sight, Mina knew who she had to go to. A thought that didn't comfort her in the least. She rushed over to where Charles lay, head still under the covers. Mina quickly pulled him to his feet. What was that? Charles asked, unable to process what was happening. I'll have more time to explain later. We need a car now, Mina coldly replied as she started pulling him with her to the back door. <laughs> no time to explain. Get in the car. What about the others? Charles asked as he tried to keep up. They're not the ones that these things are after. They're going to come after me. So why would he have to go with her? <laughs> they were out of the bus now, headed to the parked cars in the lot. Why bring me along? He had gotten out of her grip and was walking beside her. They stopped in front of a blue Corolla, because humans who see these things have a tendency of dying soon after. Charles froze. Now get in the car. Chapter 7. Oh, oh my boy. god. So, after a largely uneventful <laughs> stroll to get parts to replace the thing... A dude dies, and she's unamused, and she comes back, and then Charles runs in, and then he's like, I need a place to hide. And her lawyer response is, all right, come with us, join the carnival. Okay. After showing a seductive bed behind a curtain, they travel again, they travel more, they fall in almost love, and then... She has a weird dream. She has a weird dream. Overly possessive Damon doesn't know boundaries. And then she wakes up to a horror of souls coming into the bus. Well, was that Damon or was that just a weird dream? Because it... Yes. We don't, don't know, know yet. What? So anyway, she gets into the bus. They come into the bus. Charles is like, oh my god. <laughs> and then she's like, cover your face. 
And then they're like, oh my god, we're gonna get you. Go to steal your life. And then she's like, necklace, power up. And then they're gone. So after all of that happened, she apparently knows how to hotwire a car. We don't know. She just went, knelt to the lock. Get inside, good, obedient little boy. I, I mean, if she's as old as she's wanting to claim, which we still don't know. Then she had to pick up picked up different tricks of the trade. True. Right? Oh, you know, like being a cougar. <laughs> she did say that humans who see these things die soon after, so maybe it's her trying to save him. Also, he's going along with this very easily. Why not? I'm just a traveler, man. <laughs> Life's in danger. Don't have any time to think about like, it. He wakes up. To them being all over the, to being in the bus, and you're like, cover your eyes. So he's like, okay, and then buries his head beneath a pillow. After screaming. After screaming, yes. And then it's, come on, Charles, okay, and then just leaves with her. Well, I mean, they've obviously known each other for several months, it sounds. Oh, yeah, because yeah, of, of time that. skip. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm going to trust my life in the hands of a crazy woman. Also... Near as I can tell, she shares the bus with her father, so... Oh, that really makes the bed arrangements awkward. So, dear listeners, if you have stayed with us throughout that moment, what do we want to ask you? Why? <laughs> Email us at bardroompodcast at gmail.com. No. Where do you think that Arthur is hiding? Or rather, spending the night. Please send in your answers to bardroompodcast at gmail.com. Fare thee well, dear listeners. Hope to see you next time in the bardroom. Mm-hmm.